Welcome to the Soil and Stars podcast. This is a podcast about living a meaningful life in all ways. We'll talk about astrology and other wisdom traditions, creativity, natural health, spirituality, and all sorts of practical day-to-day life stuff. I'm your host, Molly Moorhead. Welcome back to the Soil and Stars podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and yeah, just being a part of this project with me. I love going into my, well, it was Anchor and now it's Spotify for podcasters. I love going in there and seeing like, whoa, people have been listening to this podcast. (laughs) It's like magic. I don't know who you are. I don't know who's listening unless you tell me, but I, I see it. So yeah, thank you so much for being a part of this. I've had fun recording these last four episodes have been solo episodes, kind of just because I didn't get my shit together to have a guest, but I had certain things to say and to share. I wasn't just filling space. So if you like, I wouldn't do that because I don't want to waste anyone's time, you know, including my own. So yeah, if you haven't heard any of those, feel free to scroll and look and see if any of those topics are interesting to you. I feel like it's easier to have a conversation than it is to just talk (laughs) at the computer, but I feel like I'm getting a little bit more comfortable at it. Um, Yes, I've got those four episodes for you, but today I've got a guest. I got to have this really wonderful conversation with Ingrid Kallenberger a few days ago that I'm really happy to share with you. So she's an herbalist. She's also a baker who became a gluten-free baker when she started having issues with gluten so she and I first connected all of years and years ago in the scheme of things on Instagram because we did the same stuff. Like we were both gluten-free bakers who were also herbalists and we found each other through the ethers and have communicated, you know, through tapping on our phones and looking at each other's pictures for years. And uh, at one point we talked on the phone because she... uh uh, reached out. I don't remember if she sent me a DM or if she was more, it was more general, but um, we ended up talking on the phone, you know, about some challenges she was having in her business. Cause I just love talking with people about things like that. And so we had this long conversation. I was like, wow, I have so much in common with this person. Uh, and she's so genuine. And uh So I wanted, she was on my list of people I wanted to have on the podcast before I had even started the podcast because I was like, oh, she's going to have so much to say about herbs and about baking and uh, just in her experience as a small business owner. And that was in fact true. Uh, We talk about, uh, we get into talking about getting our money lives together and about running small businesses in like this very kind of not fancy way. Um, but we we start off the conversation talking a lot about healing complex trauma and working with plants for that and especially flower essences. And yeah, it's a great conversation. Her her audio was coming in and out a little bit, but I think I fixed it in editing. So I think I think we're good. Um sorry if you if there is any little tidbits of that still. So I also I recorded a separate thing it's like I forget 15 or 20 minutes long about flower essences that you can get on the Patreon. I'm gonna put it on the Patreon because she and I have this whole conversation and I'm like, I think the majority of people listening to this don't know what we're talking about because they don't know what flower essences 
probably, right? Uh, a lot of people don't know how to make them or what they are, or how they work. So I just kind of did an off the cuff. This is how you make a flower essence. This is my understanding of how they function. And here's some background on that. So that's for free. I'm not charging, but that's going to be on the Patreon and I'll link to that. And you can listen to that as well. If you are curious, if you're just listening and you're like, what the hell are they talking about? I don't understand, but I'm curious. That's what that is. I didn't include it here because it would just make the episode extremely long. So, um, that's available if you want it. Um, yeah, I'm so happy to share this conversation with you. And then I just have a couple of announcements first. So announcement number one is I made my first sticker sheet. Uh, I, I didn't really realize this was a childhood dream of mine. It wasn't consciously, but I love stickers so much. I love like little things like that. Like I you know, when I made my postcard book in 2021, that was this dream come true. I love postcards so much. I would always get them when I travel. And uh, like, I, I love postcard books and note card, like cute little things like that. And I and I send them, I always have. And uh, I actually have a re reissue of my postcard book too. I redid the cover uh, and added another one. It's on super thick, nice paper. Yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out. It's 15 postcards of different plants. Uh, yeah, but so that's in the shop too. I'm getting ahead of myself though. I made a sticker sheet because the print shop I'm working with now has the equipment to do that. They're vinyl stickers, so you can put them on a water bottle and they will last a long time anyway. And uh, they look really nice. It was just a, I just took a piece of watercolor paper and painted a bunch of night creatures and related subjects like some constellations and mushrooms and uh waning uh crescent moon and uh all in blue and which i love doing stuff like that i painted all of that and then brought it to the print shop and they did their thing <laughs> and, and it's a sticker sheet now it's um i'm just like oh my gosh they look they look so good to me i mean i love I love creating things like that. I have them. I have some of them on my laptop. Um, I've been, yeah, I've been selling, like selling them to friends and shipping them out and um, they're available. So I didn't really have a lot of, I didn't really have art stuff in my online store at soilandstars.art because I was, I'm really focused on astrology, but I don't, <laughs> I haven't made the separate art website yet. So what I did was I just added them all to the online store. So if you want any, you can just buy them there. You can just buy them in the online store. I, I don't know how long they'll last. I mean, I'll do another print run when I, you know, when I'm out, but they, right now I've, yeah, I've got probably still have like 30 of them. Um, if you want any, they, uh, yeah, I was just super happy with them. This is definitely not the way to get rich quick. Each sticker sheet costs me $5 to produce. Like, I mean, in terms of like, that's what I paid the, the print shop. Like that doesn't count any other expense or my time or anything. And I'm selling them for $11 online where people in person paying cash, I sell them for 10, but, uh, I just love it so much <laughs> and I just love the idea of them going out and uh, yeah, some people are buying quite a few of them. So I don't know. It's pretty fun. You can get those and you can get the reissued postcard book, the no bad plant postcard book uh, on my web shop. And I will get them out to you within the week if you want. And once again, that's just at my website, soilandstars.art. And uh, it's just the shop there. 
I think it's like slash shop. I think anyway, uh, that's happening. And, uh, I'm actually the featured, some of this just applies to local people, but I'll keep it brief. I'm the featured artist in July at a little local bookshop called Indigo Bridge. And so, yeah, if you're in Lincoln, you know, it probably, uh, all my stuff's going to be there. If you want to come to the first Friday reception, it's on Friday, the July 7th. And from five to eight, there'll be snacks and lemonade and all my art will be up. Uh, you can buy it. And also it'll be up all month and that'll include the stickers. Um, so that that's happening in art land. And, and that's kind of a cool place. Like there's a little shop next to it. Uh, that's a kind of like a house plant store. And the woman who runs it is called planted and company has a craft market uh, the second Saturday of every month and all of these art and craft vendors set up. And I went there for the first time recently. It was, it was super cute. Um, highly recommend. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's the art stuff. Then I'm still doing astrology readings, like birth chart readings and specific question, horary readings. Um, I have a little tiny bit less availability this summer just because of travel. I could try to get out of town and unplug a little bit, but I'm still totally available. You can just book online um, anytime. Feel free to reach out if you have questions first about like how I like my reading style or anything. Uh, I specifically really like to support people who are in transition, right? Or um, in some state of confusion because I feel like that's when it can be really potent. So that is available if you would like it. There's a couple of classes coming up. I'm teaching astrology, the beginning astrology class in the fall at the community college and slowly working on getting the online version of that class available, but it's kind of a slower process for me. Uh, I am teaching a class on it's called Living Landscapes, getting to know landscaping plants, common landscaping plants as more than just something to look at, getting to know their histories and other uses and uh, just like them as a living being. Uh, I've, I've taught this class at the uh, Women's Herbal Conference in Wisconsin recently, but I'm teaching it again twice. At uh, I'm teaching it at the community college and I'm teaching it at the Prairie Herbalist Conference. So if you want to catch either of those, and you know those are both live and in-person classes, um, you can. So the one at the community college is on July 15th. That is Saturday morning. You can, uh, you can register online. You can also call them. I feel like it, the, getting to the links through their website is a little bit labyrinthine. Like you, what you do is you go to southeast.edu slash S sorry, C E mind body. So continuing education, mind body. And then you kind of go, then you just search for non-credit courses and you do it like that. Um, so sorry, that's a little cumbersome for people who are like, I don't live here, whatever. The, the other one, though, the Prairie Herbalist Conference, check that out. It's going to be really beautiful. You can just go to Red Road Herbs, uh, redroadherbs.com and find out all you need to know. I think there's still some seats available for that. That's at the end of July. So that is that. Oh, I should say, um, we haven't talked about it in a while, but the the workshop that I made for Astrology Beginners 
who are just trying to make sense of everything is uh, the Know Your Chart, Know Yourself workshop. That's a, you know, a download you can have anytime. It's only $25. I wanted to make something really just, you could just, you had the money, you know, I wanted it to be affordable and people could just um, jump right in and buy it and work through it um, anytime. So that is available on the website. Everything will be linked. And yeah, I hope you're just having, I hope you're having a really beautiful summer. I am, I'm always trying to sink into whatever the season's gifts are, whatever it is. Like in the winter, I feel like that can be a lot of like rest and craft and uh, hearty food. <laughs> and like all the projects I don't get to in the summer, like when winter I braided a rug, I learned how to braid a rug. It ended up taking longer than the winter, but that that was honestly not the most enjoyable project, but I didn't know that until I had done it. <laughs> Sometimes things like that are so fun, but that one was kind of like grueling, but uh, it still felt like such a winter project. And for me, this summer, so much of it is like, oh, getting up and getting some gardening and a lot of mornings before it gets hot, getting a walk in before it's hot and doing um, doing some afternoon resting getting out of town and getting on the water that feels really really good so I'm doing that over the 4th of July um, my favorite thing I do not like being in the city where I live on the 4th of July it's crazy smoky loud all the dogs and cats are terrified <laughs> I'm also not feeling my best um, but getting out and getting on the water somewhere else where it's just a lower population is so nice Oh, anyway, that is that. Um, without any without any further ado, I would just love to share my conversation with a uh, herbalist, gluten-free baker, Ingrid Kallenberger. Welcome, Ingrid, to the Soil and Stars podcast. I'm so glad that you are here and I get to see your face, not just like, you know, your words, and I get more of a sense of you. So happy you invited me. It feels really awesome. I'm just a little old roller bliss, but I'm glad to be here. So glad to meet you and a little more in person too. <laughs> Yay. So yeah, I love talking to other plant people and I would just, we can talk about anything, but I would particularly just love to hear some of your plant stories and the notes that you gave me of things to talk about. Um, sound so wonderful. So like, so for all of you listening, like Ingrid sent me these notes about like, kind of all in this theme of tea and herbs for trauma, for complex PTSD, um, for emotional healing. And like all of your stuff relates to that, that you wrote. And I was like, oh yeah, let's go there. That sounds really good. Like, um, now I'm like, oh wait, I didn't even ask you for your backstory. I'm just jumping right into the thing. <laughs> Jump in. Let's dive in the deep end and we'll get we'll get around to it. Here, why don't you let's back it up a little bit and just tell me, like, just tell me, us, anyone listening, um, a little bit of your backstory and how you got to even kind of be sending me those notes. Like, why is, you know, why are you doing herbs for trauma? Yeah, it was um 2013 when I started uh consciously thinking about studying herbalism and I attended a weekend uh immersion program for about six months in upstate New York it's called Heartstone uh school for I think they keep changing the name I think it's called Heartstone school for earth essentials something we'll figure it out anyway um and at the time I had been working in the health food industry and it is an industry it 
It's not like, oh, I'm in the health food store. It's so cute. And there's granola. It was something much more uh, scary and, <clears throat> excuse me, overwhelming. And so I just found myself being drawn to the herbs all the time. And so when I found out about this opportunity to go to herb school, I took it. And it kind of coincided with uh, me being in a, pl a pretty rough place uh, with my emotional health and well-being. And it really was the, the first step to cracking me open and making me face uh, what had been a part of my life and kind of a secret from me. You know, everyone else could see it except for me. And I just was trying to survive. So when I got to herb school, <laughs> uh, I could say from day one, my life was utterly changed and, and not easily. It was an incredibly hard path and it felt like everything was uphill. Um, but all of a sudden I realized that I had to, instead of being outside of myself, I had to come inside of myself and the herbs were just, it was just so obvious that that was going to be the piece that would connect me back to who I was supposed to be and not just constantly in a reactive state, reacting from my, this complex PTSD that I didn't even know I had. So my background really was in education. Uh, I was a teacher, um, master's in humanities. I didn't have a background in sciences. And the best thing about herb, herbalism is that it takes anybody you know, we're all here together and nobody's left out. And I'm sure, you know, in circles there are, but because people are weird and tribal, but I didn't well, feel yeah, that like way. The I like was... isn't, that's totally separate, right? Like you could yeah. come at herbs from any background. Yeah. Yeah. And herbalism, herbs, the plants themselves, as I started to learn about them, it felt like people, it felt like old friends that were coming back to to see me again that I had lost and and forgotten about even. And I remember one of my teachers saying, you know, they said, this is the time, this is the time of remembering, you know, we've forgotten for a long time who we are and we've gone the way of, of uh, chemi chemistry and science. And um, we've forgotten about the spirit and the spirit that lives in all things. So it, it's, uh, it was something that on the last day of class, I realized that this will be the rest of my life. This is not a once and done, you get your degree, you get your job. This is a lifestyle. This is a life's purpose. This is a mission. And I didn't have to know everything all the time. So there was like all this pressure off of me that I had had put on in, you know, my other life, which was achieve, achieve, prove yourself, you know, it was just exhausting. And herbalism just felt like such a safe place to be and a safe place to be utterly myself. And to be free of the baggage and the crap that was haunting me for so long. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, it was just time to heal. So that's where it all kind of began for me. And it's continued now. since. So that's uh, 2013 till now. It's like 10 years of really committing to it. And uh, reaching out uh, because my certification, so to speak, is in community herbalism. And... Um, it just feels like such a great, easy, safe way to connect myself, but also to connect other people in my community. First, it was friends, and now it's a whole, a whole big actual community and village of people that are um, enjoying what I can create with herbs. So great! I want to hear more about that, like that point where you're at now. But like, oh my! I mean, you don't have to divulge any more than you feel comfortable with, but like. 
that sounds so intense. Like what you were coming to the table with, like you said that like other people could look at you and feel your trauma or see your trauma, but you had not, it was kind of like shut up in boxes inside or like in its little prison islands, right? Like you hadn't, you hadn't brought it to your adult consciousness yet. It sounds like, and the plants helped you. Yeah, totally. And it was so weird. This is a little off the side, but to get to herb school was felt like it was impossible. I fell down a flight of stairs and bru- bruised my coccyx. I couldn't walk for a while. Oh and on the way to the, the first weekend of classes, my car broke down. I was like, what is going on here? I guess I'm not supposed to do this. But it really was sort of a something else that was happening underneath the surface. So yeah, when I came, I mean, I spent, I feel like I spent most weekends at, at herb camp uh, crying and just crying. And unraveling all the ways that I was stuck. Um, I had been on a path to sort of natural health and natural healing, um, but I just couldn't quite get there. And what was so great about herbalism was it, it, you know, it wasn't this allopathic model where you go to the doctor and you take the pill and da da da, and you're, you're hooked for life. It was, you know, what's happening in your body, what's happening in your mind, what's happening in your spirit. And I'm like, what? what? I can't connect the dots on any of that. I That is just, whoa, 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 you know? Um, but I think the first moment when I realized that I could connect all those dots when we did a plant journey, have you done with the drumming and the meditative? Mm-hmm. And we connected to, uh, they asked us to connect into Calendula. And I was just, I was blown away. I, I just couldn't mm-hmm. believe this was happening. I went in with such a suspicious mind, really holding back. And it was like, you're either coming or you're going. And if you bet, if you're coming, you're coming all the way in. You're not allowed to keep your foot at the door and you're not allowed to have a back door out of this. You have to face everything. I'm getting emotional thinking about it. it was that was lot. your message. That was your message from Calendula in the journey. Of course oh, you're, you're, you're dropping out. Your audio is dropping out a little bit. Say that again. Oh, Calendula said, you know, you, you're safe here. You can do all of this here. You don't have to be afraid. But my conscious mind was still really bucking against everything. And my physical body was pushing against everything because of how unsafe I felt in my body. And I had no idea it was, it was normal for me to feel unsafe in any situation, to be hypervigilant and to think that I had to take care of everything. I, 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 me, me, me. And it was very, uh, I feel like I was a very egocentric person. I thought I was a nice, kind, supportive, helpful person, but I was just people pleasing a lot of the time and, you know, just trying to find my way uh, to get some kind of a life that other people could be proud of (laughs) instead of myself, instead of what I could be proud of. So like Calendula came to you in the journey or that you were, you were invited to connect with Calendula in this journey. And that's what came through. Did you like work with that plant specifically internally too, or did you work with Calendula in other ways after that? Uh, um, Calendula has always been something that I keep near me. Uh, it's definitely something that I grow myself. That that's been an incredible journey too, learning to grow herbs and plants in such uh, small spaces. Because even though I'm in a rural area, my, I live in town, so it's sort of more of an urban experience. And calendula is so great because it will grow just about anywhere. It is not fussy, and it is hardy, and it is, you know, full of that resinous sap. 
And so I've, I've been on all sides of it, drinking it, rubbing it all over my body, um, and then growing it and growing it from the seeds that I took from the flowers. So it was just yes. everything. Herbalism has just given me a home over and over again, a place to rest. And that to be able to grow something from a seed, you know, have that sort of generational aspect it's like oh wow i'm creating and i'm i'm living with the ancestors right now every day because every every season that it comes back it's related to the seasons before and i have a lot of a lot of trauma family trauma and estrangement and all kinds of fun stuff like that and the plants you know calendula was like a mother to me I would say uh, also Tulsi was like a mother to me. I think Tulsi was the Pete, the one where Calendula was kind of like, this is where you can deeply connect in. But Tulsi was like, this is where you can come out. This is where you can grow out of yourself. This is what will make you live again. So that was also an incredibly profound experience. And I've been able to grow Tulsi and listen to Tulsi and definitely take it internally, make the tinctures, drink it in every tea. My customers have, in my uh, tea shop have finally figured out that I like it's in everything that I make. It's like, yeah, I noticed it's on all the labels. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. that's right. <laughs> if you want to talk are, about it. <laughs> so pretty much I grow perennial medicinals because so many of them are perennial and it's so easy. They just come back and a lot of them, you barely have to water, like they're just like there. And the two annuals that I consistently grow are Tulsi and Calendula. Well, that's the best thing about those two because they're so easy to gather seeds. And with Tulsi, maybe you've experienced this where it will just reseed itself where it is. And sometimes it'll move around the yard and plant itself in a new spot. Yet. I haven't gotten any naturalized um, in my property yet. That would be a dream. I have done that with, I've had a few plants now do that and it's incredible to have uh you know prairie sage and other I don't know other plants that you think of like as like oh this is so special they're essentially weeds on my property <laughs> and my neighbors too which is great they don't mind but uh, Tulsi hasn't done that I wonder I don't know maybe that's coming and I wonder sometimes just uh living in colder regions in the winter like we do that potentially the the seeds might you know get too cold freeze and just not be able to come back um i noticed that it'll come back very easily wherever there are cracks and sidewalks or on the edges of things it seems to so it might be a little warmer down there who knows um but yeah the calendula too to let it just go not pick all the blooms and let it go to seed uh it's so pretty even after it's lost its bloom and it's drying out it's such a fun plant did you so when you were on this healing journey, you were working with these plants like as you know, spirit medicine through journeying and working with them through taking them internally? Uh, was was there anything else that you that you were bringing in to support? Like, I know some people would be like, Oh shit, I need to go to therapy, but that isn't not that isn't not everyone connects with that. Um, so yeah, what else? Well, tell me more <clears throat> at the time. I uh well, it wasn't at the time, I would say it was right. I graduated in October and by November, I realized uh, I'd found a group called Adult Children of Alcoholics. And, you know, you're not really supposed to talk about Fight Club, but 
I, I'm going to say that it was a big piece of the puzzle that I didn't understand um, being raised by addicts. I, it, I don't think I would have come quite as far. And I had been in and out of therapy a lot in my life, but the rooms uh, being in the 12 step rooms was a little bit different and mm -hmm. it helped me with along with the herbal medicine to overcome some of the burdens that I was carrying around. And um, one of the additional things that I used during the time I was attending meetings um, was uh, flower essences. And oh, nice. I started learning how to make, that was a time in class when I really resonated so strongly with understanding um, ancestral knowledge and linking, connecting into my grandmother's and all the grandmothers before. And uh, that was a way to, I wouldn't say bypass in a literal way, because I had to do the work, but to, to bypass the rumination of just going over and over and over the same scenarios of whatever I could remember. And so it allowed me, I could use and make flower essences as a practice, mm -hmm. um, but then also as a, as a treatment uh, to help myself heal um, more deeply and without like just losing it and having to check into the hospital or something. Cause there were times when things were that heavy and when it was coming up, like when everything was coming. Yeah. You have to sort of live in denial to survive. And then of course those ways of being are the thing, the very things that start to sabotage your whole life. But okay. once they worked and then they didn't anymore. What flower essences did you find that were most helpful for you? I'm a, I'm a really practical person and I, I, I want to know what's all around me and just use what I know and what's nearby. And honestly, my first essence that I worked with was white clover. And it uh, taught me that it was about um, acceptance. And I called it that when I would make my little bottles and go to my little weekend craft shows and sell my little medicines, <laughs> my little herbal remedies. And um, white clover was just something that I could use to continue to, to process and accept that this is just part of my story. This isn't who I am. This is just a piece of my life and I can accept it and move on. Um, the other one was, uh, are you familiar with the tree? It's kind of a, one of those trees that maybe some of us older folks <laughs> found them in our grandparents' yards. It's called a mock orange tree. No, I wonder if we have them so, where I live. Yeah, you should check into it. It's a sweet little kind of shrubby little tree and it gets these amazing blossoms on it that, that smell like orange blossoms. Oh, and wow. They don't produce a fruit. So I think that's where the mock orange came from. And one of the things that was always missing from my life was joy. And when I found the mock orange, uh, she told me that I needed to come back to my joy. And there was a point when I was meditating with the plant and I, all of a sudden I just heard like a playground full of children laughing. And I was looking, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like this is oh. what's happening. So it was a very just, profound experience. I just looked it up. I've never seen this plant that I'm aware of. That's so cool. 
And so it sounds like people just might plant them in their gardens or like it's an ornamental that is familiar. Okay, that's so cool. And I, I'm pretty sure it's definitely, I don't think it would be native. It might be from China. I can't quite remember though. But it's still a really beautiful plant. <laughs> um, okay, so I took a course from Asia Suler on making uh, uh, flower essences in 2017 or 2018. It's like she has, I think it's like she has it available all the time now. And uh, that was like, okay, okay, cool. Like I can, I really feel confident doing this now, but it wasn't until later. And I, I learned a little bit more about like the properties of water that I felt like, okay, I really can believe in this more. Cause like I could see that it worked because my cat would show it would, I could put flower essences in my cat's water and it would help her with stuff. So I was like, she's not experiencing a placebo effect because she doesn't even know to do that right so I'm like I know there's something happening here but I just my intellectual mind was like yeah I don't really there's not enough here for me to hang my hat on I don't know about this like yeah, <laughs> I was being right. Cap I know. Capricorn about it but um because <laughs> <laughs> I think I signed up for the course without totally knowing it was about flower essences I think I thought it would be more about like salves and compresses and like on the bot anyway that it wasn't it was about flower essences and uh I'm curious I feel like some people find it intimidating or they like I've actually known people who only buy them like they'll only buy the ones from the store and like don't feel confident making them and I'm like oh my god like of all things to make yourself you know that is something anyone can do but I'm I would just love for you to say what your process is briefly for anyone, if you want to, for anyone listening, if you want to share. I feel um, similarly that if of all the, the things that you could make in herbalism, make flower essences. Um, for me, it was it was what gave me my bravery to continue to practice and make other things and dry my own herbs. And I was always like really freaked out and worried about molds or something happening and making myself or god forbid someone else sick i had all this anxiety and with flower essences it was a completely different experience it's tricky sometimes because of the time you you really should take to spend with them but also if you can get that space uh how profound to spend all day with one plant and just absorbing everything it has to offer you um it's especially fun on a nice sunny day with lots of clear skies, but also, and maybe you've tried this, uh, doing a moon infusion. Mm. Um, so instead of using the sun, just using the lunar energy to um, create the essence. And I've had really, really different experiences with both of those things. So like you said, you're essentially working with water and you only using uh, a preservative that would be um, well, I've only ever really used brandy. Mm -hmm. it's such a small, yeah, it's such a small amount um, just to preserve what's in the water. Um, so I feel like it's it's such a playful experience. It's such a great place to, you know, be able to make mistakes and start over again. And, you know, that might not happen. I've had so many disasters with making oil infusions. Oh, yeah. I mean, I ordered Arnica <laughs> flowers from Colorado once and they're coming to Pennsylvania and they were so well taken care of and iced and kept cool. And I opened the box and it's just this amazing, look at this, look at this. 
And then I had to go out of town and I made my article oil and set it in the windowsill and uh, everything got moldy and it was just, everything was ruined. It was too That's coarse. So sad. I think. Oh my God. And, I, I had, I destroyed, I had that happen with calendula. I didn't know you had to like fully dry it, you know, to make calendula oil the first time I did it. It was so sad. It was like $20 of olive oil and however many calendula flowers I bought at the farmer's market. <laughs> In San Francisco, I was like, oh. San Francisco, they must have been a fortune. <laughs> like gold out no, there. No, I think, you know, I worked at the farmer's market. I might have gotten a good deal. <laughs> yeah, nice, but nice. Still, I but was it's sad. still so devastating. I know, I was so sad. There's so many of the clovers. You don't have to stress. You don't have to pay anybody for anything. Mm. That's another nice thing about flower essences. I've struggled with poverty my whole life. I, I don't know why. I have a million reasons, I'm sure, but it's been really hard to live in scarcity and overcome these limited financial limitations that I have had to deal with. And with flower essences, again, the process is so inexpensive and you don't even, you don't even have to buy a big bottle of fifth or anything of brandy. You can just get one of those tiny little bottles because you're going to be using just like something like half a teaspoon. It's so such a small amount. Um, so it's just the accessibility of it and then the, the space and the time to take to stop yourself, to stop the the monster that comes in, the monster truck that comes in, rolls over everything. You just have, you can just take space. And um, for me, it was the my first entry really into practicing self-care because that wasn't something that I did. I just had to work and move and get things done and sleep and wake up and eat and go back to bed again. It it, it was a really bad, bad cycle. So flower essences are so good when you're, I think for anybody who would, you know, be kind of in that trap of just working too much, doing too much of anything. Um, it makes you slow down and pay attention. So um, it's inexpensive. Uh, it helps with focus. And then you have the final product, which is done the same day that you begin and you can take you know an hour or two to make them or you can take all day long sitting with your little dish of water and flowers and really have an experience are you picky about the kind of water or the kind of dish that you use yeah yeah I just have some little crystal-y dishes that I keep around just for that and kind of take care of them and don't let them be used for just about anything else I would say I tried to do some flower essences with what was growing out back this past month and it was kind of a disaster. I could not sit. I couldn't get the stillness. Um, Uh, Being a small business owner, things get in the way sometimes. So I'm hoping to maybe get some opportunities between July and August to to do it again. Because it really, even just the process of picking just the flowers um, is such a, a sweet process mm-hmm. and yarrow is another great one that i love and that oh, yeah. is freely available and kind of prolific almost anywhere you live you can probably find it urban city center cities countrysides mountainsides sort of everywhere it's one of my favorites yeah i i haven't even i know that people use the essence um a lot especially for boundaries because it's kind of like works on boundaries on all all ways, all levels, but I've never, I've never actually made a Yara essence before. Now I want to, I have a bunch of it growing. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of my favorites. 
I mean, whatever, like what, how do you say one of your favorite plants? I like know. 25 favorites, but it's one I of know. those. <laughs> My husband teases me all the time. He's like, do you know that you said this other thing was your favorite? You know, I think I'm up to 25 top, top four, top 10, you know, it just, <laughs> yeah, I can't say I have a favorite plant. I can say I have favorite experiences with certain plants, maybe, hmm. but even that's hard. Do you, uh, have you ever made any flower essences with poison, with any poisonous plants? I don't think I have. I'm really curious about it. I follow a couple of herbalists who do that and have gotten some real, you know, trouble on the other, on, in, because of what they're doing. Like oh, things like Bellad Belladonna and. Did someone get sick? No, just, just sort of, you know how it is with herbalism. You, you can't make any claims and then when you're actually literally selling a po poisonous plant as an essence, people get a little caught up. Um, it's not poisonous to the individual, but I think it's, it's more of the psychic idea about what's going on. And I followed a woman who I don't, I haven't found her in a while and I can't remember her name, but she was selling them and she kept getting kicked off the internet because of Holy what she shit. was selling and people's fear about it, which is just because they don't, they don't really know any better so they're just afraid and that's the answer and there's nothing to explore after that so right I'm not sure right. if she's still out there cool stuff though i haven't have you i have yeah but i'm so afraid um like it kicks off my uh anxiety to like think about poisoning myself you know so what i've done is usually i'll set the water like kind of at the feet metaphorically of the plant and just do it that way and not put the plant directly in um, but I have, uh, I have made flower essence of tobacco though, which is poisonous. Um, and with putting the flowers actually in there. And that was kind of like this, I actually scared myself because I kind of forget that I was, I kind of forget tobacco is poisonous. Like I experienced it as such a loving presence. Like we, I, I got curious about growing tobacco when, someone I knew was selling starts at the farmer's market. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that felt just so interesting to me. Like I wanted to get to know it as a plant, like all these plants that have, have been so exploited by people as cash crops that then turn around and cause just almost immeasurable harm to people, you know, like sugar or tobacco or, 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 right. It's like now like cereal grains are doing it now. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, opium, whatever, like getting to know this plant as a plant being, as a spirit, it was like, I was so curious about that. And what I found was this plant was so loving. So anyway, I've made a few tobacco essences, but if you make it like normally, and then just, you really do make the mother essence and then put that in your stock bottles and then put it in your little bottle and you're diluting it. I think it's a hundred percent safe, but like, sometimes I'll make like a, you know, I'll make a half gallon of like St. John's wort essence and I'll just drink that, you know, as water, right? Like that. And I won't, and I'll just preserve a little bit. And so I was kind of in that habit. And so I was doing that with the tobacco flower essence uh -huh. that I had just made. And uh, as opposed to like doing it, sort of how you would normally do in an essence yeah. and I was oh. drinking it and I didn't have a single thought in my mind of like oh I wonder if this is safe or anything and I, no one else had any but uh my heart started to race and my my tongue was tingling yeah. and I was like 
that's weird. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, like, wait, tobacco, I think, I think I just got a lot of nicotine, actually. <laughs> Poison. Tobacco tea. Oh, no. It was obviously fine, but I was just like, whoa, that made me really nervous. I, but I, but the thing is, if you were making tobacco flower essence to sell, like you would not be doing that. You wouldn't drink a cup of the fucking thing. You would have it diluted, 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 and then you'd have a drop in your water, not like, <laughs> not the actual thing. But <laughs> so oh I felt gosh. kind of a dummy for that, but I'm kind of grateful for it because it just really highlighted the need to just be respectful. Like you don't have to be scared actually, but be really respectful. It's powerful stuff. <laughs> wow. That's wow. what nicotine does. Um. <laughs> yes, it does. Yikes. Do you want to say okay. any more? Do you want to say any more about other herbs you feel like you've seen help other people with emotional related trauma or yeah, like stored trauma in the body? Yeah, I had a I do have to go back to clover, white clover. Um, a friend of mine, she was in a marriage for about 20 years, and it was a really unhappy marriage for 10 years. And when she came out of it, she was just really struggling to find her footing. She was a bit older at that point, I'd say probably in her 60s when it, the marriage finally ended. And something that she really didn't share was that he was a terrible alcoholic and um, it you know she just sort of kept making a lot of excuses and sort of not giving it its the power that it had over her she kept kind of being in denial about it and I was able to encourage her to use the white clover uh, flower essence and it, it was really profound because of course I think women often end up in a situation where they're going through divorce and the feelings of failure come up and she was really struggling with that. And she was started using white clover and it completely shifted her attitude about what was happening, her level of, as I said before, acceptance, um, but also her, her relationship with herself started to change. And she started to realize that in fact, the divorce, the decision to get divorced was the best decision of her life. Mm. And um, from there on out, she didn't look back and she had no regret. And that was a really beautiful thing to see because I think, you know, in different ways we punish ourselves and she was at risk for, you know, substance abuse. And that could have been the path that she took, you know, just to kind of drown her sorrows, so to speak. And instead she uh, drowned herself in flower essences and she lived <laughs> to tell the tale <laughs> oh that's um, so sweet hmm. such a sweet thing to see and I really wish I could I would like to work more with them again it's a my life is so different now and in the beginning I just could focus so much on that um 10 years ago nine years ago and now it's on the side. I do a little more of buying other people's flower essences I don't know if you're familiar with the money witch uh she's she's online she's great um what is her name her first name is Susanna and uh but she goes by the money witch and she makes some essences I have one right here I don't know if you would have seen such a cute little bottle tiny Level little up. bottle cute 
and it's um level up so that i she has one where you know you you can make some damn money <laughs> but this one is you've got to manage your money before you can make your money <laughs> and that's a really fun thing these are gem essence elixirs which is oh, really cool. fun I, i've done some of those similarly to the way you're talking about um putting the the pl uh, dish next to the plant and mm -hmm. A lot of minerals are very toxic. So mm. um, having to do that and understanding that you're working with their energy, but it's, un it's amazing how it works. Like I, I wasn't, I was always living paycheck to paycheck, hand to mouth and doing this is um, it's making me manage my shit in a very different way. And, you know, come up with ways that work for me on how to navigate my financial well-being and wow, focus fantastic. on yeah, focusing on financial health as a part of your actual health, your whole life being healthier because your money and your relationship to your money is healthier than it's ever been. So this has been a fun essence. I've had to be careful, though. So in a lot of teary days, like, I'm going to level up so high. And then I'm like, I can't do it. It's mm -hmm. so powerful. That's part of the level up. Oh, my God, there's a dog right there. There's been a dog this whole time. So everyone is listening to audio. They don't get the video. We're just talking. And suddenly this little seal-like creature just <laughs> emerges from the bottom of the screen. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so, okay, I feel like the sneaky thing with this podcast is not actually sneaky. It's just that, like, the practical stuff like money is always is always coming in. And I feel like it's a secret money podcast, um, or it will be. And, and we say things that help people who are kind of allergic to the ordinary conversations around personal finance. We say things that can help them <laughs> like, Oh, I bought these flower and gem essences and they're helping me not live paycheck to paycheck. I mean, that would like sell me on that, you know, a few years ago before I had read all the finance books and got to be a super nerd on that. That's amazing. You know, I mean, I still have to do the work and sometimes I lose track of the work. Uh, it's deep, man. It's just, oh, it's so it's deep. hard to get through it. It is so hard to get through it. And I realized I had gone to visit my father. I haven't spoken to him since. It was not a very enjoyable experience. Um, and I realized that my money wound was my father wound. It was not, had nothing to do with my mother growing up poor and she was a single mom. It didn't have anything to do with that and everything to do with the rejection that I felt from my paternal side of life. And it, and yeah, it, it was, it was really, it's been very, very profound. So I know there's so much um, healing, especially for women that needs to be done around those wounds, those core wounds mm -hmm. and um, the feeling of scarcity, the feeling of lack, the feeling of never being enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very personal to women. I think it's very different than it is for men. It seems That's different. been my experience. It seems really different to me too. Do you, um, like for me, let me just back it up. For me, I felt like I encountered this whole world of kind of more like spiritualizing money problems or money, whatever, like basically I guess uh, maybe that's not the best way to phrase it, but when I was in the Bay area, it'd be a lot of like, um, mindset and kind of magical things and maybe that's just where I was at at the time and I felt really moved by some of that but actually what I needed was to learn how to budget and 
to think in more of a thorough way about like, oh, I make a hundred dollars. That's not a hundred dollars of profit. Like it has to go 17 different places. Right. And actually working that into my brain and, uh, so that I knew that, right. So that it was clear, even if you're not a business owner, if you're an employee, you still like, that's not profit. Like you have to be saving for your future. If you, you know, not everybody has to save for their future, but I think most people do, um, or, you know, there'll be in a tight spot later, but, uh, so that, and then like, you know, just kind of like working in that you have maybe an annual insurance premium you have to pay. And then when that month, like how many times when I was in my twenties, was I like, Oh shit, I have to pay this many money monies right now. And I don't have any money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Memories. Yes. (laughs) The chaos of it all. Oh my God. So like getting all that in my mind was actually the medicine. Right. And like, then I feel like it was like, Oh yeah, I could like have some magic and some mindset, but actually I needed the practical shit. I'm curious about you. Oh my God. Totally. Everything you're saying, I could just say that I could tell that story. (laughs) And, And I was a single mother and I always knew how much money I had And um, before I got into recovery and I actually made a little money and had a pretty good job, I could never get my bills paid on time. Stuff got shut off and um, I'm making less money than I've ever made as an adult. And, and that just doesn't happen anymore. And it really was because I, I use money as survival only. It wasn't about, Oh, I will live into my age and I'll have some savings and retirement. I didn't, I couldn't think like that because I couldn't get beyond the day-to-day just need of getting what we needed to live and to survive. So, oh my gosh, yeah, the actual writing down, I've always just shirked away from it. You know, I can keep it in my head. I know how much I'm making. It's almost like I couldn't get over making a certain amount because at a certain amount, I couldn't get my head around what that would look like. And that would be too much to manage in my head, my little tiny head that's not very good at math. (laughs) it would be it would be too much (laughs) and I absolutely kind of kept myself you know right here like that's it you're never getting above this and I'm now being more conscious of that attitude and seeing where it's it's uh affected me but once I'm getting into really thinking about money as my friend and my helper my helpmate uh something that can sometimes bring me the access to joyful things and uh, happy things and experiences without it I wouldn't life is so stinking boring when you're poor so dull because you're just having to get by Mm -hmm. and so yeah the budgeting piece was so important you know how much do I want to spend on food every month how much do I need to keep the car running how much do I need to make sure the animals are have what they need and myself and when my daughter was young my my kiddo first she came first with everything and it was really hard <laughs> and I'm really glad to see her as someone who um she loves to save money she loves to sock it away every every paycheck so she's always got her. <laughs> something under you know under the hood that's there and she's like oh I don't have that well I've got this over here hiding out and I, I never had that because I I couldn't. So this, it's hard to be where I'm at in life with a business now and realizing, you know, you, you kind of put the cart before the horse. It'd been better to understand some of these budgetary issues and financial management 
uh, prior, but I'm, I'm learning it all now. <laughs> it's like, I'm I feel in like business. we can't, yeah, I feel like we can't learn all that beforehand though. Cause it's like somehow not as important. So your mind isn't, I mean, obviously it's always important to know how to deal with your money, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like you learn what you need to learn at the right time. I, I think you're, you're right on, I think you're right on track <laughs> because like, there's so many, <laughs> when I started my first business, like I, yeah, it just wouldn't have helped for me to try to learn it beforehand. I think it would have just felt really um, contrived or just yeah. like not relevant in a way. Like, yeah, I had to learn to keep, like, it was crazy. Cause I'd always had paycheck. And then when I started my first business in like 2012 and I was getting paid like little bits of money here and there. Like it took me several months before I started even tracking that because I didn't even know to do that. And my partner was, you know, is older than me and has been down that road and is like laughing her ass off. And she's like, you have to track your income. Like if you're loosey goosey with your expenses, it doesn't really matter. You can figure that out, but like, you have to know how much money is coming in. And I'm just like, I don't know how, cause some people pay me this way and other people pay me that way. And other people pay me a third way. And she's like, it doesn't matter. Write it all down on a piece of paper. Like you don't need anything special <laughs> you don't have to like take a class you don't have to buy anything get a piece of paper and write it the fuck down and that's what I did <laughs> but isn't it so much more fun to get to the end of the month and you're like well, you know, I don't have money to pay the rent and then you get to have all of that burst of adrenaline like how the fuck am I gonna pull this off and oh I feel like a superhero and then two weeks later you're just like completely crashed out miserable you can't you don't have enough money for food. What a chaotic way to live. I this love my, every minute of it. This was my <laughs> life in so many for so many times. And I realized like I was like kind of attached or like I it's kind of like if you are somebody who's perpetually late and you realize that you like it because you get a surge of adrenaline when you're when you're almost late. And it like gets you to feel good, actually. Like it was like that. It was like I it was like a way to feel excited about life. To be like, I'm do I'm living close to the edge of whatever. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, there's better ways to do that. So true. Way better ways. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So many, so many better ways. Like. I mean, it's endless. We don't have to even say them, but that was deep. Even just that, like you saying that, like that was a whole realization for me when I realized I did that. We don't, I mean, we're so used to just being who we are, right? That we often don't question it. And then when we realize there's another way to live. There's a process of tra transmuting the old to, to become, you know, comfortable with living in this new way, which involves a lot less stress. So I can't get my adrenaline fix which involves absolute internal security and which allows you so much more time and space to live a life because you're not having to suddenly, you know, throw everything up in the air and run, you know, you're just like, Oh wow. Peace. This is very peaceful. And what a goal to, you know, be able to know that you can manage your finances well, no matter how much or how little you make to be able to find that peace in your life and that space. Um, obviously things can happen or this is, this could go on for two more hours. We could just talk about this, but in general speaking as someone who 
has never made very much money. I think I have a pretty good life and I'm able to prioritize and know what it is I you know, want and really need. What's what's truly valuable to me. And I've never been motivated by money. So that's an interesting thing when I but I'm I'm motivated by, you know, having some security for sure, <laughs> having a sense of when I grow old, I'll still be eating food and that I love and not I always tease my husband that you know I hope we're not eating cat food (laughs) when we get old and it's weird I'm in the gen x generation and they say that we have the least amount of retirement saved and of all the generations so in my life that's true I know a lot of gen x people that's the case yeah I I mean I don't have any retirement yet either I'm gonna I'm working on it (laughs) it's probably good to get that going. You get the whole compound interest thing and all that, the younger you start, but it's like, you know, we just do what we can. Tell me though, like we haven't even talked about uh, your tea shop. Like let's tell, tell us about your tea shop and your baked goods and your tea blends and your cute pictures where I met you on Instagram long ago. Awesome. That's good. Love it. Yeah. It's come, we've come a long way and um, you were such a big part of, believe it or not, sort of orienting me around what's important. And I still sometimes hear your voice and things that we had talked about just as sort of like this, you know, energetic uh, reassurance that I don't have to kill myself. I don't have to work as hard as I think I do. And my best is good enough. You know, that was something that you and I had really talked about instead of, you know, overthinking or putting so much pressure on myself for everything to be perfect. And you had been doing it for a while. Um, and I, it just was so, I was so grateful, but I ended up, it's funny how I got to this place because it wasn't really planned. And um, I was doing shows on weekends and working jobs to try and continue to build the herbal business, blending tea out of my front room and my, getting my husband to help me on the weekends. And <laughs> And it was kind of fun, but it was also really, really exhausting. And I didn't know. And one of the things I did as a hobby was I was always baking. I had been baking since I was like, I could get up to the counter. So three, four years old, I was there rolling out the dough with my grandmother or my mom. And everyone in my family's cooks, everybody bakes. There's a lot of competition around pie crusts and cake kites and weird shit like that. I mean, I guess families can be competitive. <laughs> Usually it's not sports, but it's all baking in our family and cooking so I had it from all sides and my family owns restaurants so it was something I felt really comfortable and it was a place where I always felt confident and for me also baking was when I didn't think of anything else but what I was doing so it was very meditative for me when I had to become gluten-free I was pretty heartbroken I thought well I'll never be a baker but the impetus was there you know I wanted to keep doing it So I figured out ways. It's so unbelievable how far gluten-free baking has come in all those years. So anyway, my friends would always say, you should do this. You should do this for a living. Like you need to get people to have your treats. Oh no, it's just fun for me. I'm never going to do that. So fast forward and my herb shows and teas and I'm kind of, you know, testing the market. What do people want? And I made all the herbal tinctures and creams and lotions and whatever and it was always the tea everybody wanted the tea and so it was getting better and better 
And one day I found out about this tiny little shop that was going to be, was a yoga studio and it was going to be opening up. And I called and asked about the rent and it was rock bottom for what businesses usually go for, but everything would have to be reinvented. It was a completely empty, pure space that had never been used in this way. Wow. And we just got, I just jumped in. I, one thing I got from being a teacher was a little bit of retirement money And looking back, I probably could have used it in a little bit of a better way, but my husband and I just decided to take the little bit we had out and start the business. And uh, I went to the city and I took out a loan uh, for low-income folks uh, through the city development office. And they gave me, they gave me 10 grand and I I had six grand of my own and we started a whole business with $16,000 and just made it you know when I hear stories about the millions and millions I'm like where do you find that (laughs) so we just started from where we were at with what we had and the baking came because of COVID so we opened our business six months before COVID I was working on my own I was solo and when COVID happened my husband worked in the service industry and lost his job so he came on board with me so for three and a half years in August it'll be four years he, he's been my, my partner working with me, learning about tea and learning about herbs. And he's a very detail oriented person and I'm more random, abstract and wild. So I'm a Sagittarius. I just burn everything up everywhere I go. I'm the life of the party. Yes. And he, he's the guy sitting in the corner, examining everything everyone's doing and looking for the exit <laughs> just in case. Amazing. But he's very detail oriented. So he's helped me so much. And we fought our whole the whole way through it. He's a Virgo, so his Earth. Is... Wait, is he a Virgo? Yes. <laughs> you know, you knew right away. Yeah. <laughs> well, whether or not he was, it's like that's that energy that you're describing. That's amazing. And sometimes we're like this, uh, bashing our heads together, and we're both pretty dramatic people. So he's also got Aquarius in him in his nature. Uh, but it's been a really good partnership. It's tested us to the brink. Um, you know, some days we hate each other, but <laughs> most days we still really get along really well and love each other. And we work together all day and, you know, we live together all night and, um, it's really shaped, shaped us in really profound ways and, uh, helped us to grow and in our own sense of self and what we can offer to others. And, uh, the act of service has been a really big piece of that puzzle to be of service. And in recovering a community, that is a goal of the promise Mm -hmm. of recovery um, is to be of service to others and help others to find the path. And I wasn't really interested in helping people to get to ACOA so much, maybe in the beginning when I was being indoctrinated, but I got over that. (laughs) It was more like, Oh, I, I have strength now. I have, um, consciousness of my own character and who I am and what I want to offer to the world and how can I be of service to other people with what I know and so herbalism has even gifted me this business it's, it's just profound to me where we are I would say we're not out of the woods it's still hard small businesses not are you know we've been trained in the corporate model so having to educate people and bring them back to a more simple way of doing business where you're supporting the people who own the business and they're mm-hmm. supporting you likewise. 
And that sense of reciprocity has just been just so incredible to see and experience when we were always just kind of worker bees, hoping, you know, we get somewhere in life, maybe take a little vacation now and again. It's so different. It's so different. And I can get up. So different. (laughs) Yeah. And I can get up every day and be happy to go to work. There are days I'm exhausted. I can't lie. But it's still I'm happy. I think I'm unemployable. I can't work for anyone else now. Because I kind (laughs) of, you know, you know what it's like on the other side. And there's no bullshit over here. And this is where I want to be. How many years in are you then? Like four? In August, it'll be Okay, that's good. Oh my gosh, no, it's in two weeks. It'll be four years because we had a month before we opened. So that's great. And COVID, COVID forced our hand. You know, we couldn't have, we couldn't be open for a while. So it was a wild friggin' ride. And it involved a lot of herbal tea, drinking a lot of herbal tea <laughs> <laughs> and still making tinctures and taking tinctures and trying to survive the stress and the uncertainty of so much of it. And you know, just to say in that, in my life and herbs, to talk about herbs again, it just always brings me back to what's real and what's possible. And I, I, my personal experience is it's not hyperbolic, like herbalism saves lives, but it just saved my life because it's, it's just given me something to count on. It's given me something that I know is real. It's never going to turn its back on me. Mm-hmm. It's not going to betray me. You know, it's just, it's just, it's my good partner in life that is always there whenever I choose to open the door and let them in. You're kind of like blowing my mind right now because I'm like, oh yeah, because like the plants will never abandon you. And what you're talking about is security and secure attachment and being able to start to securely attach. Ooh. Right? About it, And I'm, I feel excited about thinking of herbs and sharing with others, you know, that part of herbalism, the part of recovery, finding your way, finding your way out of trauma is, and look, I mean, since COVID, I would say we're all traumatized and it's been such a shift, right? In our culture and people are, are just hanging by a thread. And I was writing, get ready for my newsletter. I was just writing about that. Like that exact thing. Yeah. It just feels like we can't talk about the elephant in the room. And that's been the story of my life. Yeah. You know, I say yeah. to my mother, you know, your husband is an alcoholic and abusive to all of us. I don't know what you're talking about, you know. And I'm the one who says that it's in the room. I've been fired from jobs talking about the elephant in the room. And that's a really hard thing to be, the person that has to you know, the deal breaker. I'm like, look, this is what's going on. Oh, you need to shut up. <laughs> you need to shut your mouth now. And I always mm-hmm. had so much shame about that feeling like, why do I always do this? Why do I always You're sad. Make a mistake? How about it? It's a gift. Yeah. Is your mercury in such too? Do you know? I think it I think I'm triple. So I think it is my Probably. also my uh, my rising is Sagittarius. So my sun, my rising, I think Mercury. It's all, it's crazy how much fire. So much fire. I burn myself out. <laughs> I, have Mer- I have Mercury in Sagittarius too, because Mercury is always pretty close to the sun. So it's always either in the same sign or the one before or after, right? So like I'm one of these Capricorns with this like really troublesome Mercury in Sag. So it's like a Capricorn <laughs> could be a little more like 
put together and uh but instead there are those of us who are just say it you know like the the one who says the super awkward thing or overshares or says the thing that no one wants to hear and then like everyone's (laughs) kind of like horrified and (laughs) whatever it is yeah I totally hear you my hope with COVID I don't know about in general I feel like it can be a bit cynical but um that like friends and families can have private conversations and heal together from what in all the various ways that they're still hurting. And the uncertainty is still so present for many people. Um, Obviously, I think especially people living in poverty, um, the forgotten ones, the people Mm -hmm. nobody wants to talk about. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about my own experience with it and those people many 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 people that I know most people I know are just getting by and they're doing the best that they can and sometimes treating themselves to something special like coming into our tea shop and saying when I come in here and I drink and I eat your food I feel nourished and they're not talking about physically and the root of my business is the body and the mind and the spirit are all one you know, without one, the others don't function optimally. And I'm not talking about religion at all, you know, I'm talking about connection at yeah. a higher, higher level of our being, uh, whatever you need to call, you know, whatever anybody needs to call that. It's no, nothing. it's fine. Religion can be fine. It gives you a container. Um, but spirituality within that is, for me, has always been way more important. What is the name? Uh, tell us just a tiny bit, your business name, um, like where people can find you online or anything else you want to say about it. Just, I want to make sure we get that in there because it's so sweet. I appreciate that so much. Um, we're still a growing business and we're an organically growing business. So, you know, no big infusions of cash. My website's a little, it's cute and all, but it's still always in process. And I focus really so much on my community and serving the people who are near me in my business, which is called the Tria Prima Tea Company. And um, we, the service part of the business is the gluten-free vegan baking, which where I live was not something that was very accessible to too many people. I think we have people that are, I'm realizing like people that never go anywhere because they're so ill from Mm. the allergens uh, that they have, that they're reactive to. Uh, and people who have autoimmune diseases and Lyme disease and oh, the list goes on and um, they come in there and they feel safe and they people um, we have a LGBTQ plus community in our very small place and they don't have a lot of spaces that they can feel you know fully safe and accepted in and so I feel very positive about that in my community and and again, that's what herbalism gave me, you know, we're all of this human race, you know, there's, there is no other, we are human. And so to have that space and to have that deep education, I mean, I think it was always there for me. I lived a pretty crazy life growing up and was exposed to so many different cultures and religions and people from all, even class-wise, top to bottom. So it feels like full circle for me to create space where all people are welcome and safe and that what they can consume in that space 
will only bring more joy and health to their lives. And it's just a great little place to, you know, come and grab a bite and grab a tea and really feel good about what you're consuming. But it's everything is handmade in the shop. We don't buy pre-made product. I've, I've had some mentors tell me, just buy the frozen dough and put it on the pan. And I, I can't do that. I don't know. And we make our teas and our tea blends or uh, we have a really pretty good line of house made blends of recipes that I've been able to create from herbalism uh, and then having a background in food. You know, it's so important that your medicine tastes good, you know, that you mm-hmm. want to take it. You want to use those plants to feel better in all the ways and not just like plugging your nose and choking it down. <laughs> um so we have a small line of medicinal herbal teas, uh, and then we have a line of um, herbal tea blends, which are blended with black teas, red teas, white teas, and um, you know you're still getting all those the great benefits of the herbs um, while also having a nice cuppa. <laughs> that sounds so sweet. I like. I'm. I find it silly I haven't been there yet it's just say you're in Pennsylvania and I'm in Nebraska that's the only that's the only reason <laughs> uh let's see so is that tree of the tree of prima I'll I'll link you below um in the show notes you so can sorry, just send me I just what was that your dog <laughs> I'll uh I'll just link your website and your Instagram below so people can look at your beautiful pastries and teas and uh yeah, if they're in the area mm-hmm. or if they just want to follow you because they like to look at pictures of pastry. Yes, it's definitely <laughs> a, a site full of food porn. I, I am totally. Uh, no, I have totally. no shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it has to be right. That's the whole point. <laughs> uh, it, it's been so exciting to go beyond herbalism and bringing herbalism and beyond, you know, teas and tinctures and such, but to bring herbs into the the world of food. What a joy to use actual roses to add to a cake or it looks a cookie. looks so pretty. And, yeah, it's just been beautiful. Lavender and chamomile. And uh, I love making uh, chamomile powdered sugar donuts on Saturdays. That's one of my favorite things. And people are like, I freaking love these. I love that is, these. That sounds so good. <laughs> what a great thing to make people happy. One of my favorite movies as a kid was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, you know, the book, all of it. I was like, I am going to be Willy Wonka when I grow up. And <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's it was really... your acorn. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was so great. <laughs> oh, it's so fun to be a mad, it's like a, being a mad scientist and concocting all these beautiful flavors and feelings and people. Just a great yeah. gift. To, oh, gift I to love people. it. I love it. Um, I think that's what we've got for everybody today then, huh? That was so fun, Molly. Oh my gosh. This is fun. I feel, I'm so grateful to get to spend this time with you and uh, your listeners out there in the world. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening. So glad you're here. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did and you're an iTunes user, leave a five-star review. It helps the show get found. Uh, I super appreciate it. You can find all the relevant links below for Ingrid to see her beautiful pictures on Instagram or check out her website. 
Uh, you can find all my stuff below too if you're interested in any of the classes I teach or in getting an astrology reading or you know anything else that's happening. Yeah, I think that that's it. I hope you have a beautiful day. Until next time, be well. <laughs>